Welcome, everyone, to the Watchmen podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial podcast for Watchmen on HBO. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to discuss the Emmy-leading 2020 26 nominations for Watchmen. Wow, Matt, we knew we were sitting on something great, but leading all contenders. Wow. Yeah, I mean, as the number one show for nominations for this past uh, TV year, I, I don't know that we would have set that as a as a goal back when we saw the first episode at its world premiere at New York Comic Con back in October. So far back, Pete, it's it's the before times times two or something like that. Right. Remember when I could see you in person? <laughs> and can you imagine sitting in a room with 3,000 other people? Um, Get it. But again, I think that when the show uh, announced that it was, you know, when Lindelof announced that he was not going to come back for a second season and HBO followed up with, we don't want to do it without uh, Damon, so we're just going to sit tight for now. We're going to stop for now. That was clearly with an eye towards, and therefore it can now be a limited series, uh, which, you know, changes what the competition is. And, you know, my, my point being, I think HBO knew that there was a tactical move to be made in terms of some kind of Emmy movement here. But again, 26 nominations, number one for this you know for for this year on on the emmys and it's just it's a stunning outing when you look at this list of all the different areas that the show has been nominated you have to wonder if they were competing in the main dramatic category that they would get the nomination given the preponderance of nominations i have to believe that they would yeah i mean it can be such a crowded field in the the drama series category sometimes. Now, obviously, this is the year with Game of Thrones gone and whatnot, um, and maybe Better Call Saul didn't didn't do as well in every category as some would have hoped. But I mean, you look at this list here: outstanding limited series, outstanding lead actor. Uh, all this obviously in the limited series category. Jeremy Irons, lead actress for Regina King. Three of the supporting actor nominations going to the show. That's Yaya Abdul-Mahim II, Joven Adepo, uh, who had played Hooded Justice, and Louis Gossett Jr., Gene Smart for Supporting Actress, uh, Writing, uh, Damon Lindelof and Cord Jefferson for This Extraordinary Being, and then three of the episodes for Outstanding Directing of a Limited Series Movie or Dramatic Special. I mean, it's just the, the cup floweth over, the golden cup floweth over, and that's before you get to some of the... Uh, you know, what are called the creative Emmys, you know, that's your casting, that's your main title design, music composition, things like that. I know there's been a lot of discussion that these nominations could have been influenced by the social justice movement that has taken place after the show has aired. But let's be honest, this show was months and months ahead of its time. You know, Pete, the best art comes when it's needed uh or sometimes a bit before it's needed and you know could could one make a cynical argument oh overall you know some of these 26 nominations are as a result of uh just luck right time right place it's a show about you know uh, empowering 
black people and people of color, and that's part of the discussion now in a way that it was not back when the show premiered, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, maybe, but I mean, the flip side is the discussion of the destruction of Black Wall Street, you know, this show is what kicked off that discussion in a in a popular, and I don't mean that, you know, kind of in, in a flippant sense, but in, in a widespread way, people didn't know about that. And insofar as... There already were factors going on in this country and around the world to reassess how we look at social institutions, how we look at minorities, and and make some meaningful changes there. That that was going on before the show came along. This show started a discussion that then, you know, unfortunately in the short term, other events have have picked that up. Hopefully we're headed to a long term improvement of things, even though there's been pain along the way. But let's steer it back towards the artistic uh which helps us digest the real world i'd like to read damon lindelof's instagram post he's long since vanished from twitter you know what with the events of the leftovers he actually vanished from twitter on the day the leftovers starts with the uh disappearance of you know two percent of the world's population but uh Anyway, I'd like to read this here, and, and then we can certainly chew it over. There are no words to describe what today has been like, but here are some words to describe what today has been like. Uh, I was shocked, then relieved, then grateful, then overwhelmed, then numb, then ashamed because I saw the tilt of the table and understood why everything upon it slid towards me. I felt the imbalance of altruism and atonement. And knew that I talk too much about the former and not enough about the latter. I felt more pride than I thought was possible, radiating out along as many spokes as letters in the alphabet. And knowing that there was no hub because we are all the wheel. And I was no showrunner because this show ran me. To all the brilliant artists who made our beloved Watchmen, both recognized and unacknowledged, I am forever transformed by your patience, your care, and your trust. I don't deserve these gifts, but I will never forget the grace with which you offered them. My gratitude is infinite and boundless. Thank you, all of you. A wise blue man uh, once said that nothing ever ends. But some things have to. That's the only way they can begin again. My part in this story is over. Whatever happens next, I leave it entirely in your hands. If he wasn't sure about leaving the series behind him when he said he was surely leaving the series behind him, uh, I feel like all these Emmy nominations must seal the deal in terms of yeah. it ain't getting better for Damon Lindelof uh, and Watchmen than this. And not just in terms of Emmys, I think that, you know, behind the scenes, uh, in, in the corridors of power in Hollywood, hopefully people will look at Watchmen, which, yes, had the traditional Hollywood showrunner uh, and, and whatnot. But Lindelof set out to create a writing room that had, that you know, that was 50% people of color, 50% female, and... You know, it's resulted in all this Emmy nomination, all this Emmy buzz. It's resulted in, 
you know the network being happy I, I must confess the live ratings i was surprised to see the live ratings were never huge for watchmen but then hbo said 90 percent of the viewers did not watch live so given that hbo like everybody else is in the you know live slash streaming business the idea that watchmen now is going to live on streaming whether it's you know hbo max or hbo go or whatever hbo is calling itself these days uh you know it's this it's this valuable it's this valuable show that people can continue to find and hopefully there is that paradigm shift where it's not just oh they made a comic book movie show and it was rated r because you know violence and some naughty bits it's who made this possible why was this show so dynamic it's because the traditional uh you know kind of gatekeeper as showrunner was wise enough to say let me bring in voices of people that don't have my perspective let me make this a show that's about more than what it's like to be damon lindelof and his view on things and to really open that up i mean the show was so prescient in terms of what it offered up and we know the feathers that were ruffled i mean matt we've not heard from seventh cabal steve since back before the show ended right i don't think we heard from him after the finale can't imagine what that dude is up to can't imagine uh the reaction to 26 emmy nominations uh i can imagine what some people of his ilk might think uh you know hollywood and 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 all that stuff but i mean you can't get away from the fact that this is a this is a a season of television, uh, I guess a series. I mean, obviously, it's just the, just the one season, although I suspect perhaps at one point, 5, 10, 15 years down the line, someone will, will you know, continue the story just as this continued the story of the, the graphic novel. Um, but again, you just, you look at this list of, of the technical areas where it's been nominated, you know, casting, cinematography, uh, costumes, editing, um, I mean, the music, to know that Trent Reznor and Atticus Rose themselves, uh, obviously Grammy win- winners, uh, but also uh, Oscar winners for the score for the social network, they're up for an Emmy as well. Um, you know, some of the more boring stuff, sound editing, sound mixing, um, visual effects nominated for that there. Even Pete, one that had me chuckle a little, uh, outstanding main title design, Insofar as the show had, <laughs> I'll, I'll say bare bones, but that's not necessarily a, a criticism against the right. six people nominated for it. It had this bare bones presentation that was nonetheless dynamic. It was certainly far from, you know, space, the final frontier and all sorts of things whooshing by and whatnot. But, you know, this is a show that is rightly lauded, I think, in each of those technical categories. And then just in the larger sense, this is forever going to be a show that is an important footnote on where we are at in this country, in this time, in this place. And given that it now seems pretty sure that Lindelof will step away, given the success, you have to wonder that HBO may look to continue on uh, with a show that has as much critical acclaim as this. Yeah, and I think HBO would be most wise to hold off on it. You know, not not 
win best limited series, uh, which I suspect it will, with all due respect towards the competition, Little Fires Everywhere, Mrs. America, Unbelievable, and Unorthodox, uh, I think there's no question Watchmen is going to win because it's it's about those larger issues. And I mean, to be fair, the you know the other limited series nominees are about weighty issues as well. But again, Watchmen of a time, of a place, and transporting people to perspectives that that might not be our own. You know, this is this is like a once in a generation experience here. And I think HBO would be wise, again, just to give it a little time. If HBO announces in a year that they're exploring the possibility, and then a year after that, that a writer's room has formed, well, at that point, you're probably three years away from anything being released uh, with special effects finally done, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, if you, if you want to say five years from now, the next season comes out and it's in a proper kind of, you know, and, and five years have gone by in the story or, you know, Regina King's not returning. Not that I would wish that, but it's just a complete reimagination of how they're going to return to this story. Much as this story, you sit and say, well, wait, most of the characters from the comic book aren't coming back. And, you know, of course we didn't know Dr. Manhattan was back till, you know, five or six episodes in and things like that, where it kind of, it's exact connection to season one, I'll call it, uh, is not immediately clear. It takes time to do that. Nonetheless, I'm all for it. Comic book content has so long been marginalized. Yes, it's very successful commercially, never more than now with the Marvel films, et cetera, et cetera. But to think that they would have this much critic success to be the forerunner of all the nominees in this Emmy cycle, um, for HBO to reach into this, the risk that it was the three times that Lindelof had turned it down and to take what might've been viewed as others as straw uh, and spin it into Emmy gold nominations here. And and assuredly, you know, let's say they're looking at least surefire favorites for, you know, more than half of these categories. you know, it's just interesting to see how it played out. I think, too, uh, to have that that outstanding limited series uh, win, you know, anticipating that it will happen in September for, for Lindelof and company, um, let alone, you know, does he win one for, for writing where he's also nominated? Um, I think it'll be an interesting stamp on his career as well. Uh, I know you and I both hold Lost in very high regard, uh, and I think... You know, people who are upset about the finale didn't watch the finale or didn't understand it. Um, And then there's the leftovers on his resume as well, which was quite highly regarded in its time. Um, You know, a a win for Watchmen for outstanding limited series will be Damon Lindelof's second best drama slash best limited series win of his career. And kind of, with all due respect to his movie career, I think kind of will... Uh, will erase the bumps in the road there in terms of cow, you know co-writing Cowboys and Aliens, Prometheus. I enjoyed Star Trek in the Darkness. You did too, um, and it did quite well at the box office. Although it's contentious among you know some Star Trek fans, uh, World War Z and Tomorrowland disasters of varying degrees. You know, point being, it's kind of like his post-lost career 
has been bumpy with the exception of the leftovers but now it kind of rewrites the narrative in terms of this guy really is the master of tv stay in tv whether it's 136 episodes for lost whether it's 35 or 40 for leftovers whether it's nine for Watchmen, let this guy captain another ship hopefully he's bringing in that diversity again and see where he can go in the longer form world of television i know he's spoken i think it was right after leftovers or maybe before that he fully expects to be offered a star Wars film at some point, but I would agree with you. It's TV for him. So let's get him on a, on a a star Wars TV show. Uh, If HBO doesn't lock uh, Lynn Loff up long-term, um, but yeah, that this is his medium, these longer form, these deeper stories. This is why I love watching, writing TV myself. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see where he chooses to go. Obviously, he was a, a, a you know a, a top tier writer producer uh, before Watchmen, but now it really is kind of set your own pace. Uh, I know he's written and produced the horror film The Hunt. Um, that kind of the, the latest thing that's gone on, uh, in his career, uh, I see it had the, <laughs> Pete had the ignominy of, uh, being released on March 13th, 2020, 2020 yeah. in the United States. So like <laughs> the weekend people couldn't go, <laughs> started not going to the movies anymore. Um, this after it was held back after yet another shooting, I want to say in the fall. Um, and then they released it. Uh, two or three weeks later on demand to almost no fanfare. But yeah, TV is his medium. And uh, I mean, what a medium he's turned it into with these three shows. I mean, people who slept on leftovers uh, continue to appreciate it. Um, I don't think Regina King is, is in Watchmen. If, Lindelof doesn't work where they're there and then breaks his own rule of working again with an actor. So Pete, I think we would be ill served to go through all 26 nominations and handicap each of them. But you mentioned Regina King. I mean, just as Watchmen, the series must be the, the presumed heir apparent for the outstanding limited series win. So too, I, isn't it fair to say that Regina King probably is the favorite for lead actress in a, in a limited series? The queen, Matt. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a one-person race, really. Uh, and all respect to all the other nominees, but I, I just can't see it happening. Would it be great to go back and, and to see more of um, Sister Knight, uh, you know, Dr. Dr. Knight, Dr. Sister Knight. <laughs> um, it would, but it's almost left better to the imagination. Uh, I I would dare say Jeremy Irons has a good shot, but not a great shot necessarily uh, in the lead actor position. I mean, clearly no, you know, no, no ding against him and his, uh, and his performance. I know he's up against Hugh Jackman, Paul Mezcal for Normal People, Jeremy Pope for Hollywood, Mark Ruffalo for his much vaunted, uh, role. And I know this much is true. Again, I don't mean to take away from Jeremy Irons. I think he does a great job playing 
Jeremy Irons playing a role. Um, and again, that might sound like a ding, but you know, is there is there the scene where Jeremy Irons or, or Ozymandias is saying, you know, no, I must I must make a a Sophie's Choice moment here. No, he's just kind of like Jeremy Irons most of the time. Might not might not be able to lock in a win there, but certainly well deserved nomination. Pete, how about this for supporting actor? Who would you choose if if you had a vote? Yahya Abdul Mahin II, Jovan Adepo, or Louis Gossett Jr. You can only choose one. It's definitely between Yahya Abdul II and Louis Gossett Jr. I'd have to go with uh, Yahya Abdul II. I just think, you know, my favorite episode is the penultimate one. It's the uh, God Walks Into A Bar. Um, and I just think over and over and it's so lovely punctuated by the music the scene where you know remember dr manhattan experiencing time uh you know in a non-linear fashion explaining that this is the moment as angela's gearing up to go out and fight off the seventh cavalry this is the moment he fell in love with her he's uh she's going to try to save him even though he has told her uh, she can't and uh you know Reznor's music just you know really makes that scene even better than it is on paper and uh I can't imagine any other actor you know think of the the challenge of uh you know playing Dr. Manhattan and, and playing another character who's you know Dr. Manhattan underneath and everything like that I I just think and he's He's in the show more than Louis Gossett Jr. And again, all due respect to the great Louis Gossett Jr. Um, but I just think, you know, we got more and better performance out of Yahya Abdul Mahin II. I think in the supporting actress category, uh, might be an uphill uh, battle for Gene Smart. I mean, fabulous job playing Laurie Blake. I wonder if maybe her kind of somewhat laconic withdrawn portrayal which i think was appropriate to the character might have a little bit less sizzle than you know there's three women nominated from mrs america uh you have tony collette in unbelievable margot martindale who's you know a a beloved longtime character actress holland taylor who's a legend so might not be emmy gold there for gene smart um kind of rounding out the the major award categories uh, Lindelof and Cord Jefferson nominated for this extraordinary being, and Stephen Williams nominated for directing that episode. I-, I dare say, I mean, that episode that really, that really was so dynamic and so unique. I feel like maybe, with the only exception of Watchmen winning uh, Outstanding Limited Series, these are the other two that feel like feel like near guarantees. Yeah, that black and white episode is is really something special and you know we covered this in the podcast each episode in this season feels so different than the previous um so yeah i think that was the one to submit for the the prestige here with emmy and here they are 26 nominations later well, Pete, the Emmy Award ceremony is going to be September 20th, 2020. Uh, the exact nature of the ceremony is still being figured out, although 
the nominations uh, ceremony, for lack of a better word, uh, had some some presenters uh, kind of joining via Skype. However, Leslie Jones was in like a blue screen theater with one cameraman and a really dynamic background. And it, I think it was a test run to make it more than hello from my home office. I'm on Zoom with earbuds visible. Um, but regardless, we will certainly uh, update the Watchmen podcast feed after all the wins are in. Proof, Pete, you know, nothing ever ends, Adrian. Nothing ever ends. I, I guess we kind of knew we would be talking Emmys when we wrapped up the the Watchmen podcast. But here we are, having come back with news that was unexpected, going away, knowing we're going to come back again. And then after that, it's the end, but nothing ever ends. It is. We, of course, would love to hear what you, the listener, think will be the chances of Watchmen uh, at the Emmys. So, Pete, how can people be in touch with you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-11,368. Followers can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter, is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with PH, all one word, like it today. Well, as stated, though, the adventure is going to continue on the Pop Culture Podcast feed as we get ready for Star Trek Lower Decks, Star Trek Discovery after that. The series finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Indeed, Pete, the mothership coming to an end. Uh, we will definitely uh, dust off the Watchmen podcast feed in September uh, after uh, after Emmy news has been made. And then after that, who knows? For now, though, Pete, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word. See you in September.